Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We've been reading in Titus, <clears throat> and we are ready to read chapter 3. Now, at the end of chapter 2 in Titus, Paul was uh, telling Titus, basically, to tell the people of his congregations these things, and encourage and rebuke them with full authority, and, you know, to not do anything to let no one disregard or despise you, meaning, you know, in this sense, this was meant to, like, conduct yourself and your teaching in the correct way so as you would be respected. So, then, in uh, chapter 3, Paul is going to tell him some other things to remind the people of. So, I'm going to start here in verse 1. Now, I am reading from the Amplified Bible. This is Titus, chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Remind people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready and willing to do good, to slander or abuse no one, to be kind and conciliatory, conciliatory, sorry, did not say that very well, and gentle, showing unqualified consideration and courtesy toward everyone. Well, this is very familiar. We've we've heard this from Paul many times, and, and it's correct. You know, we should be... Um, Subject to our rulers and authorities, we shouldn't be breaking the laws, especially uh, unless it were to come down to a choice of like, like you go back to Daniel where the king was telling Daniel to, to worship this statue, or was it the three guys? Well, anyway, he was telling everybody really to worship this statue, and, uh, and uh, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was like, no, we're not going to do that, O king, you know. So, in that case, that's different. But normally, you know, and, they, and I think they were pretty respectful to him, and, you know, and, and they were doing everything else they were supposed to do, but they would not worship the statue. They were, you know, they were like, no, we worship God, the, the one true God. So that is the exception. Beyond that, we should try to follow what our rulers and authorities ask of us as much as possible. Now, sometimes, I admit, I am a rebellious person, <laughs> and I'm from the South <laughs> in the U.S., so sometimes I get a little, you know, whatever, a little rankled or whatever you would call it, get a little a little stubborn. But then I remind myself of the, the times that Paul says things like this, and I'm like, okay, I can, you know, this might be inconvenient, but I can go along with that. That's like the wearing the mask thing right now. They've asked us to do that, and I'm like, okay, fine, I can do that, you know. It may not be my first choice, but okay. You know, I'll do that just to be nice, to be polite. Um, anyway, he's also, you know, saying remind them to be ready and willing to do good, to help others. Um, and then remind them to not slander or abuse anyone, you know, to always be nice and gentle and considerate and, cur and courteous. So this is nothing unfamiliar or new to us that we're reading, uh, but he's reminding these things, I'm sure Titus had heard this before too, but he's reminding Titus to remind the congregations this. Then he continues on in verse 3, For we too once were foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various sinful desires <clears throat> and pleasures, spending and wasting our life in malice and envy, hateful hating one another. Now this is a pretty apt description of us before 
before we come to God, before we believe, we, you know, we tend to be foolish and disobedient. We tend to be deceived. Uh, I know, um, I can't think of a good example right now, but I, I know my, my way of looking at things and thinking of things. Well, okay, I've got one example. Okay. Years ago, and I mean, and actually I was, I was actually a Christian, but it was years ago when I was a lot younger and I wasn't sure about like the abortion issue and I thought well that's a woman's issue and I don't know that I should have any thing to do with that because it's really not up to me that seems like that's for women to decide and that's fine in and of itself in a way in a way using man's logic that sounds fine but then as I continue on and I learn more you know more about God and the Lord I realize that no this is, you know, that is actually murdering. That's actually murdering children. Uh, just because they're in the womb rather than outside the womb, it's still the same thing. They're still murdering them. You know, they steal the things they do to kill them. It's murder. It is murder. And if you don't believe that, then just find out what they do. And you'll know. I don't want to get into all that here. But it's really gross and it's horrible. But um, So it is murder. Okay, so, and, and when I found that out, when I found out that, well, actually, that really is murder, so that changed the way I looked at that. You know, I was no longer deceived into thinking that, well, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a woman's issue, or it's, well, it's a part of a woman's body, it's her decision to do what she wants. Then I found out that that's really not the case, you know, over time, and that was clear, clarified for me. So, so I was no longer deceived, you know, by by man's logic or the world's ideas. And there's other things you could go along with that. Um, he talks about, you know, we were enslaved to various sinful desires. Oh, yeah, certainly, I used to. Uh, do a lot of things when I was younger, even though technically I was, I'm, I'm just going to say this, I was a Christian, but I had really strayed way off course, and I was i was doing things that were really wrong. And it was as if, basically, that I was not a Christian because of the way I, the way I acted. Um, so, you know, it's just a fact. It's, I can't deny that. That's the past. You know, thank God that that he took me back that when I came to my senses, you know, like the like the prodigal son and and came back that he accepted me and forgave me. But um but yeah, we've we've been there, done that. You know, we've been in this place where these where other people are and we should feel sorry for them and know that they are they're miserable, they're hurting. You know, I, I was you know, like I used to there were times when I drank a lot or I did this or that and that, you know, None of that was making me happy, though. You know, I, yeah, we pretend, ooh, we're partying and it's fun, but, but really none of that was making me happy. So I'm just saying that, uh, you know, I've been there, and I think a lot of other people have been there, and we know that those worldly things really are not <clears throat> not going to fill you and make you happy like, like knowing God and knowing Jesus and, you know, having, having the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, with you that really makes a huge difference okay so I'm gonna move on but we, we you know he's reminding saying remind them that they too were once you know worldly and ungodly and we all have been there so you know we should be you know how Jesus um, 
he knows what it's like to be us and be tempted and all that, we should admit and, and realize that, yeah, you know, we too, we've been, you know, we're human too. We've been tempted. We've done wrong. And, and we should be able to help, um, what, uh, identify with one another and um, not really commiserate so much as we should be able to sympathize with one another and understand, you know, be understanding. All right. So we're going to continue on with verse 4. But when the goodness and kindness of God, our Savior, and His love for mankind appeared in human form as the man Jesus Christ, He saved us not because of any works of righteousness that we have done, but because of His own compassion and mercy. By the cleansing of the new birth, spiritual transformation, regeneration, and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out richly upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that we would be justified, made free from the guilt of sin by his compassionate, undeserved grace, and that we would be acknowledged as acceptable to him and made heirs of eternal life, actually experiencing it according to our hope, his guarantee. Now, what he's saying here is that, again, reminding us that we were saved by God through Jesus Christ and not because of anything we did. We certainly didn't deserve it. Not because of any works of righteousness that we have done. But only because of His compassion, His mercy, His love for us, really. And uh, by our new birth, the spiritual transformation, which what's he referring to? Baptism. That's how we are born again. That's how we're renewed. That's the spiritual part of baptism. So that we would be justified by His grace. And it's it's all by God's grace and mercy and love for us. So that's just the way it is. And He's just wanting, He's reminding Titus again, He's reminding Titus to remind the congregations. So He's bringing up these things to make sure that the congregations will hear these things, because we all need to be reminded of these things. Alright, <clears throat> so verse 8, moving on. This is a faithful and trustworthy saying, and concerning these things I want you to speak with great confidence, so that those who have believed God, that is those who have trusted in, relied on, and accepted Christ Jesus as Savior, will be careful to participate in doing good and honorable things. These things are excellent in themselves and profitable for all people. Now, he's saying that, you know, remind these people to participate in doing good and honorable things. So again, you know, showing care for one another, helping people that need help. Um, but avoid foolish and ill-informed and stupid controversies and genealogies and dissensions and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and useless. So, we should avoid these controversies and these dissensions and quarrels about the law. Why? Because all it does is create division and frictions between people. Um, you know, we should teach what's in the Word and go with what's in the Bible and not add to it or subtract away from it. If someone, you know, really disagrees and they believe, 
something, even though it's incorrect, we can try to talk to them. Um, but if it's not relating to their salvation, okay, and it's just something, a minor thing that is wrong, uh, that's not going to, you know, it's not going to affect their salvation, then I think at some point we have to say, well, you know, maybe we can uh, just for now let that go because I'm trying to teach you and you're trying to teach me and we're not getting anywhere. Let's just agree at that point that, you know, maybe we can revisit this later. Let's study these things some more, but but not get into a quarrel and not be angry and not uh, not not dissent and get, you know, um, what divisive with each other get separated we, you know we, we're all part of the same family we're all part of the the body of christ so and paul says for they are unprofitable and useless and really it can be fun if you're with some friends you know you you have some friends and you can sit and speculate a little bit and and no one will be upset or anything then that's fine but we need to be on guard and be careful if someone, if we're upsetting someone or if someone's getting, um, you know, you know, to that point, maybe we, maybe we call an end to it and say, okay, you know, this isn't really important. The main thing is we believe that Jesus is the Son of God and, you know, all those things that we need for salvation and, and we move on from there. Um, we have to realize that some things are not that important. And what he's talking about here is, you know, genealogies and dissensions and quarrels about the law. The law doesn't really apply to us anyway, so it's okay. You know, we can just move on. Now, he's going to continue, and I think this has to do more with something specific, but let's just, uh, let's just read this. Verse 10, after a first and second warning, Reject a divisive man who promotes heresy and causes dissension. Ban him from your fellowship and have nothing more to do with him. Well aware that such a person is twisted and is sinning, he is convicted and self-condemned. And this also says, and is gratified by causing confusion among believers. Now, basically this is a three strikes and you're out rule. Okay, he's saying, you know, warn them a first and second time, but then a third time if they're promoting heresy. Now, heresy is false teaching. It is something that is wrong and causes dissension, you know, stirring up trouble and causing dissension. And then down here below, he says the person is twisted and is sinning. They are convicted and self-condemned, and they are gratified by causing confusion among believers, meaning they get a particular pleasure out of stirring up strife and dissension and trouble. This type of person, once you've warned them a few times and they continue to do that because that's what they like to do, they enjoy it, you do need to ban them or remove them from influencing the rest of the congregation until such a time as they repent and change. The reason being that they're just going to continue to stir up controversy and dissension and keep causing trouble. It's, it's a shame, and it's a very low percentage of people, but there are a few people like that who enjoy that type of thing. I've known people who really enjoy a good argument, and I just don't. 
<laughs> I think most people don't because it just kind of leaves you wore out and, and it doesn't leave you with anything good. It's like Paul says above about being uh, unprofitable and useless. That's how you feel those things are. Okay, so we're going to move on. Now Paul is mentioning here a few personal things. So I'm going to read this. I don't know if I'm going to have much to say about it. When I send Artemis or perhaps Tychicus to you, Make every effort to come to me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. Do your best to help Zenos the lawyer and Apollos on their way. See that they are supplied and lack nothing. Our people must learn to do good deeds to meet necessary demands, whatever the occasion may require, so that they will not be unproductive. All who are with me greet you. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with all of you. So, the one thing I will say here that seems important to me is that Paul is encouraging them to help supply the needs of Apollos and Zenos. And these are, I mean, Apollos we know is a minister. And I'm assuming that Zenos also is a, a, a minister and that they are um, maybe they're in the region going from congregation to congregation, teaching and helping instruct. I don't know exactly what they're doing, so I'm not going to speculate any further. But obviously I think they're part of the minister ministry. Um, and then Paul is saying, you know, our people, meaning Christians, our, our people, need to learn to do good deeds. And... Now, in this case, he says, to meet necessary demands. And then in the Amplified, it says, whatever the occasion may require. And it says, so that they will not be unproductive. Well, if you think about that from a spiritual sense, we want to make sure we're producing good fruit. And we want to make sure we support the ministry, because when we support the ministry, then uh, when people are saved, a little bit of that... You know, a little bit of that fruit of, of having someone saved and coming to God, you know, a, a little bit that counts to you because you supported that ministry in accomplishing that goal, even though, you know, um, you weren't the one that personally baptized them or personally talked to them about the Lord. You still supported that ministry, and so that is credited back to you as a good fruit uh, in your case. So as if you had produced it yourself. So that's the idea there. So that, you know, we must learn to do good deeds so that we will be productive. I'm just going to say it in the positive sense. We should learn to do good deeds so that we will be productive. Because every time we do a good deed, we don't know what the end results are going to be. We don't know how far-reaching that may be. It may affect more than just one person. It could affect a lot of people. So... Anyway, and uh, in this case, definitely specifically talking about supporting these ministers, but I think this second statement, our people must learn to do good deeds, I think it's a more generalized statement, even though he says to meet necessary demands, but you know, necessary demands, well, what are those? Those could be a number of things. That could be meeting uh, someone in the community's need for something. You know, it could be a number of different things. So it could be to help uh, 
people in your local community to, to know God and to come to Christ. I mean, it, it does not necessarily have to be a traveling missionary type of uh, evangelistic thing. So I'm just pointing out that can be other things. Definitely that's one good thing, though. <laughs> not putting that down. Uh, never putting that down, but just saying. There's a lot of ways we can support God's work, God's kingdom. So just something to keep in mind. But that is the end of Titus chapter 3. And next, I will be doing a summary of Titus, even though it is short. Um, I think we will have a summary for it. So I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. The Lord bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.